now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Welcome to tonight's show of Bible News Radio. I don't know about you, but I'm the host. Yeah, I am. I'm Stacy Lynn Harp. I'm glad that you're here with us tonight. Tonight, what we're going to do on this epic patriotic episode is we are going to share with you some of the news that maybe you haven't heard in your local media, right? Because I know a lot of you guys are news junkies. I admit, I used to be, but I actually don't have cable TV. I'm one of those weirdos. I, I seriously don't watch anything on, on media. I really don't. I, I watch YouTube, pastors, I listen to music, and I read the news online. I, I do not watch the media. So I honestly can tell you that I am not influenced by anybody's opinion <laughs> or the hysteria that's out there. So tonight, though... Um, I do have a number of news stories that I pulled. Uh, some of you guys sent me some good info this week, so I want to say thank you for that because you sent it to me. We're going to be talking about some of this. And um, so do me a favor. Periscope just released a few days ago that they're they're going bye-bye, people. Yeah, they are. So uh, if you're on Periscope, you're one of the few people that actually sees us on Periscope, uh, just know that have my heart periscope yeah you do <laughs> but do me a favor and just tweet the show out share it out wherever you can we broadcast on youtube.com forward slash bible news radio facebook same place bible news radio yeah we do this is michael w smith's song by the way freedom which i don't know if you want freedom Real freedom comes through Jesus Christ and salvation through Him alone. Just so you know, that's what we're about here on this show. It's lifting up the name of Jesus Christ and His worldview. Yep. Believe it or not, Christians have a worldview. And, you know, one of the things I learned probably about, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. When I was listening to this broadcaster named Janet Parshall, whose theme song used to be the music I'm playing right now for her show, jpamerica.com, for many years ago, one of the things that I learned from Janet was that there's basically two worldviews out there. And the one worldview is relativism, which Greg Kokel, who is a uh, very popular Christian apologist, he wrote a book many years ago titled... Uh, relativism, feet firmly planted in midair. And I always go, this is, you know, ah, this is midair. Ah, my feet are firmly planted. Ah, ah. not really, because it's right here. <laughs> um, and, and relativism, the simplistic definition of that is basically everybody does what's right in their own eyes. And, and basically what's good for you is good for you. And what's good for me is super good for me. And there are zero absolutes. Now, the other worldview is that there are actual absolutes, which means that these rules apply to all peoples everywhere. 
and they apply equally. So like, like, like an absolute would be that, <clears throat> that, you know, murdering a baby or murder is bad, right? I mean, yes, if you murder somebody, that's a bad thing. But relativists would say, oh, it's okay to murder a baby, no big deal. But, you know, um, and they would say, well, there's certain, there's certain reasons it's okay to murder a baby. It's, it's okay if, you know, it's an inconvenience. It's okay, okay if the, 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 the mother, the irony of it all that they would call her a mother because thereby admitting it was baby. But anyway, if, if the mother was sexually assaulted, uh, then that's, that's a good reason to kill the baby. If the mother's, if the, 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 the father of the baby, uh, happened to be, you know, his grandfather as well. I guess that you could say that, meaning that the dad had sex with his daughter and it was an incestuous relationship. Then in that case, it's okay to kill the baby. That's relativism. Uh, biblical worldview is based on absolute truth, which means that there are standards, right? And for the believer, and what I mean by that is for the follower of Jesus Christ, for the disciple of Jesus Christ, for the person who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there are standards. And, and I'd say, to make it really simple, the basic standards that everybody knows about are the Ten Commandments, right? You know, which, by the way, very few people actually adhere to. Uh, especially the first one, <laughs> which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Actually, that's the new one. But but the point is, is that, you know, there are 10 commandments that most people know about. And if you adhere to those commandments, there's absolute truth within those commandments that apply to all peoples in all situations at all time, as opposed to relativism, which basically is, you make it up as you go along, you know. And I remember many years ago, I guess it's been close to 20 years ago because I graduated from college 15 years ago with my master's. Um, I was in a class. It was actually a family systems theory class with, um, with a, a professor, more liberal actually, sadly. Um, and he was purporting this worldview in a Christian college that was complete relativism and and actually it was on the abortion issue basically basically saying yeah you know a woman should have a right to choose especially if she was violated in some way and got pregnant and you know and then I raised the question I said well okay well what if I decided that I wanted to you know that it was perfectly fine for me to murder you know anybody two years old and under I didn't like and he's like well well then that's not good and I'm like well what's that based on he goes well there are laws I go really uh, he stepped into my trap actually I go really there's laws huh and he's like yeah according to the state the law would say that you would be committing murder and that you would be breaking the law and I said, really? And I leaned back. And by the way, I was the only one debating him in this class. Everybody else was uh, like, they were like, really, Stacy? Here you are going, you know. <laughs> and, you just um, want a good grade and go home. Right. And, I, and so I actually, I remember this like it was yesterday. Is gone? Huh? I guess it is. Is it? Well, anyway, I remember what I said to him. I said, so. You're looking at the law, huh? He's like, yeah. I go, okay, let me ask you something. In America, where we currently live, 
At this point, it was in California, by the way. Uh, I said, can you, can you tell me what our laws are actually based on? And he kind of looked like a deer in the headlights because he had to admit that our law in America is based on the Bible. And if you're going to base laws in America on the Bible, then, you know, the principles come straight from Scripture, then you have to adhere to absolute truth. And so his worldview was flawed, and me, the lowly student, like, pummeled him <laughs> as a professor because he couldn't defend his, his, his li liberal worldview anyway. Uh, so why do I bring all that up? Well, because, you know, because when you're looking at worldview, there's two. That, there, there's really just two worldviews. There's absolute truth versus not absolute truth. Absolute truth versus whatever you want to do in your own eyes. That's basically what you're looking at, right? You either do what God says or you disobey God. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. It's, you know, it, it really, it really is that simple. So tonight there are a couple of stories I want to start with, and I, I want to start with probably, um, a, a good news story, I guess. Um, well, I, I don't know if it's good news or not. <sighs> I, I haven't thought about it too much. <laughs> I think it's a good I think it's a good news story. I've had a long day. I've been up since like four o'clock this morning. I'm a little bit tired. Uh, but anyway. Um, so yeah, this this comes this comes out of Ohio. It's titled Federal Judge Slaps Down Ohio uh, Ohio Law That Bans Transgender People from Correcting uh, Birth Certificates. Not a good thing. The judge said that Ohio couldn't even give a good reason for banning trans people from correcting their birth certificates other than discrimination. How about fact rather than fantasy? Yeah. A federal judge has just ruled that Ohio's complete ban on transgender people correcting the gender marker on their birth certificates is unconstitutional. At bottom, the court finds that defendants proffered justifications are nothing more than thinly veiled post hawk rationales to deflect from the discriminatory impact of the policy judge michael watson wrote in his decision ohio completely bans transgender people from correcting the gender markers on their birth certificates which is a good thing by the way while the procedure to correct a birth certificate varies from state to state only ohio and tennessee have laws that ban transgender people from doing so yay tennessee is one of those good states i live there uh, in 2018, four transgender people filed a lawsuit against the state with help from Lambda Legal, the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU of Ohio, and the firm Thompson Hine. They said that the state's ban violates their 14th Amendment right to equal protection under the law. This week, a judge with the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Ohio ruled in their favor, calling the ban intentional and arbitrary discrimination. Okay, so we lost. So this is a bad news story. <laughs> It's just a judge, doesn't say the... Yeah. Judge Watson also said that the state couldn't even show that they had a good reason for instituting the policy and was instead making up justifications after the fact to rationalize it. I doubt that. Birth certificates are, quote, are, are, birth certificates, quote, are foundational to our ability to assess a variety of benefits such as employment and housing 
and to navigate the world freely and safely as we truly are, unquote, said Lambda legal attorney Kara Englehart, quote, courts across the country have overwhelmingly determined these archaic and harmful laws are unconstitutional, and today we are closer than ever to eradicating them once and for all, unquote. On the plaintiff's... <laughs> I think it should say one. One of the plaintiffs was Stacy Ray, who said she was harassed at work when asked why the gender on her birth certificate didn't match the one on her driver's license. I was referred to as, quote, the freak, unquote, and the female co-worker said that if she ever encountered me in the women's restroom, that she'd beat me up, Ray said. Uh, Basil Argentino, another plaintiff in the case, said the, poli the policy caused him issues when trying to apply for Italian citizenship, costing him financially and delaying the process by months. Now, when they say him and her, it's really the other way around. Yeah, just, just so you know. Yeah. Ashley Brita and a transgender woman who has decided to remain anonymous, going by Jane Doe, were the other two plaintiffs in the case. Melissa Alexander of Trans Ohio told the local NBC affiliate that the Department of Health only started denying transgender people the opportunity to update their birth certificates around 10 years ago. Earlier this year, Idaho passed a law that also bans transgender people from correcting the gender marker on their birth certificates. A different federal judge ruled that the state's ban also violates the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. So... There you go. I did have a lot of other homosexual-related news that I could talk about, but we might share that for another day, even though I know you guys tune in for a lot of that. I haven't covered a lot of that in a long time because we're in the midst of COVID-19. Yes. I just want to weigh in a little bit, and I can't hear myself very well. Do you want well. me to tune you up here? Yes, want please. Me to turn you on? Yeah, it'd be okay, too. Um <laughs> You know, I'm over here in the peanut gallery, you know, making the corrections <laughs> of his and her. And the, you are and, the and I sound like one of those, what'd she say, archaic, whatever. Yeah, you are. Yeah, but. You're, but, a, you're a handsome <clears throat> archaic dude. Yeah, but <laughs> this, I don't mean to sound insensitive or. You do. But. You're totally insensitive. You know, <laughs> Just kidding. Ohio, and you Ohio and Tennessee are judging in objectively verifiable things. Yeah. You know, and I and I think that's a good move, no matter, you know, what you fancy yourself as, that, you know, the state shouldn't be in the business of making policies or laws based on subjective unverifiable uh things i mean because then it just it just gets it gets messy basically <laughs> muddy and cloudy and then you know then you know it's like nailing jello to the wall you know where does it where does it stop it's like okay you can you know whatever you know it's between you and god whatever you you know whoever you want to whatever you want to identify yourself as you know male female plant giraffe elephant you know whatever um but you know when it comes to okay the state keeping records and it's like okay well i want to correct this i mean you've <laughs> let's talk about your dad and correcting it i know right you know that's that's the epitome of hilariousness right there 
yeah. a personal example. Yep. Yeah. But let's, you know, let's see some objective, you know, they're wanting, they're wanting to correct it to the Social Security Department. They're wanting birth certificate, letter from a doctor. Um, I don't know what else, but, you know. Well, they want to prove my dad is a man. Right. Because the stupid person at the, so, well, I can't say stupid. I'm sorry. I called that person stupid. The bureaucrats. The, the, no, because in 1989, mm-hmm. somebody carelessly put female. They went, my dad's female because the name Clayton is so obviously female. And, and instead of male. And then, so he's been in the social security system as a female since 1989. So I try to get his social security benefits switched from from another state to here, and and they're like, we can't do it because it says he's a female. We need proof that he's a male. <gasps> wait, 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 wait! They need what? <laughs> they need proof. Well, what kind of proof? <laughs> can you prove that? Is that something that's objectively provable? What's really funny is that when I took him to his doctor and I had to get the letter written, she wrote one line. She goes, and and she she was so she was so humored by it. She's like, I am not even gonna look, because it's very clear my father is a man. All right. You know, I clear he. But was, they're but yeah, they're but... wanting proof, proof that he's male in order to change it. We have this contingent here. He said, "I want to change my birth certificate, not just social security. I want to change the record of my birth, and I want this M changed to an F or F changed to an M." And okay, where's why are we going to change it? Because I said so. Because that's the way I identify myself. Yeah. Well, like, how do you know someone's not just coming in to, you know, for they'll get certain benefits if if the birth certificate says this or that, you know, it's it's you know it's like Social Security administrations they prove it, and so they're asking for something that requires no objective verifiable proof, just a statement of preference. And, right. you know, I don't, you know, taking all sexuality out of it or whatever, you know, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, then we're going to start saying, no, well, you know, what's your, what, how, what should we charge in property taxes? You know, forget, forget tax assessors and let's hey, just, we, we only just, have, I know, to the top of the hour here. Anyway, the, the, when we come to laws, especially the state level, that state, and to be using taxpayer funds wisely, which few states do, but they ought to deal in objectively verifiable facts, not just personal subjective feelings and assertions of identification. Anyway. Right. As you were. As I was, people. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I can't see any comments on Periscope. It's like they blocked them. I can't see any. If you're commenting, want me to look? I can't see any of them. Um, but what I will tell you is that what Bareface just said is is true. And there is a move, and there's been a move for a while, where even where they've changed that whole issue in even the school system. Most people don't even know this because they don't, they don't know this issue like I do because, you know, kind of an expert on this issue because it's so insane. So, so if you feel like you're the other gender, then you can go and you can 
change it, you know, and people can lose their jobs if they don't call you by the right pronoun um, and all that. So anyway, just want to share with you that. So I hear, I see test comment over on the web, but I don't see it over here on my app. So I'm going to log out of the app here, not waste my, my power there and just watch over on the web. Okay. So with that said, that's just a story coming out of Ohio. Now let's get to this cover story. Okay. I'm going to read an article <clears throat> over on Harbinger's Daily. Um, okay. You pulled that up. Good. Uh, and thank you, Rachel, for sending me this info earlier this week. Totally appreciate it. Um, because I hadn't seen it. So, um, <clears throat> so it says here, Democrats document services demanding Biden clamp down on conservative Christians, remove them from public office and reeducate Trump voters. Um, this is not fake news in case anybody dares say it is it's facebook mike um if you go to seculardems.org you can download this pdf yourself and you can read it it is very long it's actually not that long it is let's see here 28 pages it's 27 pages well it says yeah anyway um and but i'm going to read this article that kind of summarizes it and then we'll talk a little bit about it says here, a group backed by congressional Democrats touting a, quote, secular America has sent a 28-page document to the Biden transition team advising him to strip First Amendment rights from Christians who advocate traditional biblical positions on the sanctity of life, marriage, education, and the nuclear nuclear family. Shut up. Shut up. You're not a bush. Be quiet. Stop. All right. Do you think if we were on real TV, somebody would be correcting my language in front of millions of people? Yeah, so just you... be in your ear yeah. piece, though. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, okay, what was I saying? The group calling themselves the Secular Democrats of America? Yeah, I know that, but I was I had a thought in my head oh. before you interrupted. See, you should stop interrupting me. That's the issue. Like, if, if you didn't interrupt me, then I wouldn't get sidetracked. <laughs> this is marriage. Anyway, so I was going to say something. Um, hopefully I'll remember it. Oh, I hate that. Don't you hate it when you forget something? It goes in your, like. <laughs> Maybe if you revisit the last sentence. Yeah. Uh, First moment, write some Christians who advocate traditional biblical positions on the sanctity of life, marriage, education, the nuclear family. Yeah, well, I said this wasn't fake. Well, anyway, let me just read this thing. Anyway, it says here, the group calling themselves the Secular Democrats of America sent the letter to Biden's team under the title Restoring Constitutional Secularism and Patriotic Pluralism uh, in the White House prepared exclusively by Secular Democrats of America PAC for President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris transition team. Now I remember what I was going to say. What I was going to say is these people are kind of jumping, you know, they're, 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 what's the right word? They're counting their chickens before they hatch. Okay? This election has not been settled yet. The Electoral College voted, did they not? This has not been settled yet, right? Uh, President Donald Trump has enough proof out there that there is considerable election fraud, okay? And his attorney, I believe it was, said that they are going to fight this thing as long as they can to make sure that the evidence is heard, despite, unfortunately, what the Supreme Court did, I think it was last week, 
uh, by denying the case that they had. So here, here's the thing. Keep praying for the truth to be revealed because, first of all, there is no office of the president-elect. That is a stupid made-up term by the liberal media. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely comical to me when you look at the press conferences of, pres- of, of vice, former Vice President Joe Biden and they have this big seal of the office of the president-elect. It's like, <laughs> it's like there is no office of the president-elect. People, there is no office. So it's like, what the heck? Okay, anyway, so I just had to get that off my chest. Okay, now back to this article. So the document presented by J- Reps Jamie Raskin, who's a Democrat, and Jared Huffman, Democrat, and endorsed by Representative Jerry McNeary, Democrat of California, states that an incoming Biden administration must, quote, educate the American public, unquote, particularly particularly those identified as, quote, the religious right, unquote, on the need to keep their, quote, religious dogma to themselves. The document calls for a purge of social conservatives from all levels of government, labeling them as white nationalists and conspiracy theorists. The document states, quote, the constant entanglement of religion and government promoted by the religious right and intensified by the Trump administration sweeps far beyond hot button culture war issues like abortion and contraception. It permeates every aspect of government policy, health care, public and private education, foreign policy, tax policy, environmental policy, military policy and more, all of which will be addressed in this document. And they do, by the way, you should go read it yourself. It goes on to support the most draconian governmental responses to the COVID-19 virus and climate change, which sounds eerily similar to the World Economic Forum's proposed great reset of the global economic and social order. This is a plan to replace free enterprise capitalism with a type of scientific dictatorship run by unelected technocrats. True story, by the way. The document chastises President Trump for not following all of the arbitrary, constantly changing rules coming from the World Health Organization and, quote, experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci, unquote. By the way, I have to tell you, just on a personal note, that the other day I actually sat on on a Zoom call for one hour with uh, the... Um, uh, leadership or whatever you want to call them, the the administrators of the assisted living facility my dad lives in. So they were giving us caregivers, or in some cases, essential caregivers, which I am not because I refuse to go that route. Um, They were giving us an update about the new vaccine that was going to come out and, and talking about the convoluted, relatively asinine rules that we all have to follow um, because of this stupid COVID-19 stuff, right? Which is a racket. This is a complete racket, okay? I I know COVID-19 is a real virus. It's not a virus that warrants shutting down the world. So obviously take the blinders off and look and see that there's something more major going on than an actual virus when Medical doctors say that 99.6% people who get COVID-19 actually recover. That's astounding. Those are amazing 
statistics that say and 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 one other one i saw it said 98 point percent of the people that get COVID 19 actually recover <laughs> meanwhile though you got very emotive people who who are just that emotive and they're well-meaning and i don't have any hard feelings toward anybody that has had COVID 19 that um that has has anything but like i was i was talking to uh the person shall remain nameless lest they actually watch the show they might actually watch but i was talking to somebody who told me um that they got it it was the worst thing ever so that they were going to get the vaccine and i'm like okay well good for you get a vaccine that's never been tested there's no clinical trials etc and risk killing yourself go for it you know i mean or and, and then they go well and my best friend died two weeks ago from it and my first thought was did they have it, something else going on that would warrant him dying that that fast? And that he admitted, I didn't say anything, but he actually admitted, yes, the person had other issues that caused him to die. And it was a little older person, you know, which is a sad thing. I mean, the death of anybody is sad because you know what? Death was not a part of God's original plan. Go. Uh, can we talk about vaccines for a moment? I'm, I could yeah. be ignorant. I don't know. But as I understand vaccines and immunology, the idea of a vaccine is to give you a look-alike virus or an inactive virus, a non-contagious virus, that will cause your body to create antibodies or specifically T-cells from the thymus gland that will attack that thing. And so if you've already had a particular disease... Well, there is the flu, you know, that comes in many strains. We call it the flu, but there's H1N1 and H1N9 and all this kind of stuff. And and so we have vaccines for that with something in the same kind of family, hoping that you don't get another one. But we're talking about a specific virus here, not a family. COVID-19, you know, novel coronavirus, whatever, SARS, whatever it is. Um so if you've already had it, you've had the disease, then and recovered from it, then you've, unless something's wrong with the immune system, you have antibodies for that virus. And so getting a vaccine isn't going to benefit you if you've already had it. Um, because the vaccine isn't like a, an antidote for a poison. It's not a serum that you know, deactivates, that acts on a virus, a vaccine is something to stimulate your own immune system, build antibodies to that virus, again, by giving you something that, a look-alike virus, or, you know, in this case, the one that they're, I think, well, I'm thinking about the AstraZeneca, where it's a, basically a genetically modified um, cold virus from monkeys, but I don't know what Pfizer's doing, but... Um, Anyway, so, yeah, just putting that out there. I could be, maybe I don't understand immunology and vaccines, but There's some I don't... There's people th in our audience who do, who are totally against it. I, I don't think, just so you if, know. if you've already had it's... a particular virus and recovery from it, a vaccine isn't going to help you in any way. Well, if you've survived, especially, then you've built antibodies to it and so you're probably not going to get it again you know when i was a young kid chicken pox my mom tried to expose me to chicken pox over and over again while i was a child to get them, you got them why eventually 
Yeah, but not from those exposures. I don't know who I was exposed to when I got them at age 27. But uh, I was there. I saw it. It was ugly people. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But, you know, that was the whole idea then to get them so you don't get them again. It's not like the virus disappears and go flees from you because you've had it. Oh, I don't get bother. I'm not going to bother that person. They've already had it. No, it's because of that. Those antibodies that have been produced in response to the initial infection. That's why you shouldn't get chicken pox again. Because like, that's a particular virus. And you build immunity to it. So anyway, all that to say... I don't understand the logic of, oh, COVID's really bad. For sure, I'm getting the vaccine. It's like, well, well you've already had it. So I don't think yeah. it's, so, even if it was 100% legit and not the largest clinical trial in all of history, then then still, I don't think it'd help you. I'm done. Well, anyway. So the administrator where my dad lives... You know, I'm like, okay, so you guys are going to rule. You're going to get the vaccine, and you're going to try to get people to get it. And I'm like, number one, my dad ain't getting it because he's 92. He doesn't need it. We don't give him the flu shot. That's why he's 92 because he's still here. Number two, though, they got these really dumb rules. Like, I can go in the building through one door, and I can go into one secluded area. But they won't let me walk down a hallway, even if I'm wearing a mask, which is supposed to be protecting you in the first way, to go and stay in my dad's room where I am actually would be quarantined even more because I would actually be in my dad's room with just my dad, right? But because I'm not an essential caregiver, because I won't get the COVID test. Every two weeks. Every two weeks, which would actually be really closer to every one week is what they want. They won't let me go to my dad's room because they won't let me walk down a hallway with a mask on because that's threatening. And he admits, this is the insane part, he actually admits that if you try to look at all this logically, you can't. And I'm like, okay, all right then, all righty then. Anyway, so back to this article. So (laughs) this is from that paper. Policy decisions that should be guided by science and evidence on matters ranging from climate change to comprehensive sex education to federal federal funding for stem cell research have been skewed or blocked entirely by powerful religious interest groups and further undermined at every turn by the Trump administration. There is no example more grave than this administration's lethal mishandling of the COVID-19 global pandemic, lethal. which has brought death to hundreds of thousands of Americans. Disregard for science and disdain for expertise have reached an all-time high in this administration of magical thinkers and conspiracy theorists, but these policy distortions did not begin with the Trump administration and will not end without deliberate action to restore rationalists scientific and pragmatic policy methods and judgment we believe that now is the right time to make the case for reviving a jeffersonian approach to governance that favors reason science and evidence and to distangle government policy from the influence of sectarian religious interests that have become dangerously entrenched at all levels of government okay now it's time for me to do a stacy lynn harp biblical rant all right first of all christianity christianity is under attack they're they're attacking bible believers here 
in case you didn't know that, the magical thinker, that's somebody who actually believes in God. You know, that fairy tale God up there that, you know, that, you know, they don't think really exists. But, you know, first of all, Christianity has been scientifically proven time and time again. In fact, it was Bible-believing Christians who actually developed the sciences in the first place. Um, so that, that goes out the door. Their logic does um, favors reason. God, God actually said in the book of Isaiah, come, let us reason together. God's, God created reason. So, uh, you know, science, God created science, uh, and evidence. Okay. First of all, our government in America was based on biblical principles, which by the way is biblical and the roots are in science <laughs> and reason. I do not believe in a fairy tale. Okay. These knuckleheads, they, they basically are, that's the implication is that you're, you know, if you believe in God, then you believe in a fairy tale. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Anybody who's ever been honest, an honest seeker of truth and has gone to try to disprove Christianity and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, anybody who's ever been honest has come to faith in Jesus Christ and become a defender of it. And I could give you a whole list of people. Josh McDowell is one. Lee Strobel is another. Simon Greenleaf, who was an attorney, is another. Um, you know, I could go on and on with a list of people. C.S. Lewis. There are a ton of people who used to think like that. But then when they actually thought, you know what? I'm going to actually look at the evidence. I'm going to weigh it. And I'm going to see what's accurate. Lo and behold, they actually come to faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, first of all, if... First of all, all you got to do is look at history. Any rational person, rational being the key word, has to admit that Jesus of Nazareth actually lived. Okay? Josephus, who is a Jewish historian, Tacitus, Suetonius, and all these other guys, they, they wrote about Jesus of Nazareth in their secular writings to prove that he was there. Now, here's the other thing. Anybody who seriously looks at the evidence for the resurrection of this Jesus of Nazareth, the, ever, the evidence is so overwhelming that you really have to be spiritually blinded or hard-hearted not to even look at it. You know, so what I believe is more believable than what an atheist believes. Dr. Frank Turek, who was my very first guest, by the way, 16 years ago on this show, he wrote a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, okay? And, I mean, it takes a lot of faith to not believe in nothing. <laughs> it takes a lot of faith. It takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe what I believe, right? Um, I mean, it, it is... You know, the, the, you know, Josh McDowell's book is called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And if you read that book, honestly, I have it. If you, if you actually take the time to read that book, as a Christian, all you can do is fall on your knees and worship Jesus even more. Because he has given us so much evidence for who we believe in. Then if you take time to look at the Bible itself, how it was put together you know, how it was written. There's no other document in the history of the world that's like the Bible. 66 books written independently on three different continents over a period of between 12 to 100 to 1500 years. And yet 
the storyline throughout it interweaves perfectly. And the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. The New Testament is concealed in the Old with a 400-year gap between the Old and New Testament. And yet somehow it miraculously explains the whole history of the world, mankind, and the war between the devil and God. Coincidence? Pfft. Yeah, right. I, it, no. It, it's, you know. Um, and top to top it off, it's written in three different languages, Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. Right? So it's like, you know, somebody who says the Bible is a book of fairy tales and anybody that believes in it is a goofball or they believe in these fairy, you know, what, what the, what the guys say, um, whatever it was, he said, what was this that they said in here? They called us. Well, anyway, bottom line, it, it's, it's, it's mean. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, it drives me crazy. Okay. Anyway, I got off my little soapbox there. Anyway, the article goes on to say, labeling traditional Christian views as white supremacist, Trevor Loundon, or London, an author and filmmaker specializing in communist revolutionary movements throughout history, described a document in an interview Monday at Worldview Weekend TV as, quote, an advisory to what they hope is going to be President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, basically to clamp down on religious liberty in this country. And let me just say why. The reason why the this the Democrat platform wants to clamp down on religious uh, freedom, religious liberty in this country, is because if you have religious liberty, it's a lot harder to have a dictatorship, right? It's a lot harder for the government to control free people who worship God than it is for them to just control people who don't believe in God. If you look at China and you look at North Korea, just as some of those examples, those dictators, they oppress God's people, but they also oppress the people in general. They don't want any allegiance to anybody but that man that they're purporting to be God, right? So the dictators, you know, they want all the worship. And so religious freedom, especially one that's worshiping the one true God, Jesus Christ, is a huge threat to that dictator. But here's a newsflash. Open up to Philippians chapter 2. Because in the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 2, there's a couple of verses in there that that should make a dictator get scared. Because what they say is, One day, at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So yes, that includes dictators. Uh from past, present, and future, who think they're all out of bag of chips, one day those people are going to bow to Jesus Christ, whether or not they believe in him or not. And they will at that point. Okay. Anyway, back to my, my point here. Okay. The document demonizes conservative Christians as enemies of the state, equating them with white nationalists and white supremacy, which to the left is code for fascism, deserving of extreme retribution and ostracizing them from society. The paper states, quote, we urge you not to underestimate the institutional strength of what we refer, what we refer to interchangeably in this document as the Christian nationalist movement or the religious right. 
Its extreme and sectarian agenda is on constant, constant display under the Trump-Pence administration. Its political ideology is anti-democratic and anti-scientific. It, it provides constant cover for white supremacy. So I don't know about you, but I'm offended that they're referring to me as a white supremacist, right? Because I am not a white supremacist, just so you know. Anyway, article says, well, it was definitely talking about re-educating and reprogramming people who have a traditional Christian point of view. London said, from their perspective, these are dangerous people. They're racist, they're nationalists, and they really need to be reprogrammed, and there needs to be programs developed to do that, to deprogram them. Uh, London, who has spent decades studying the speeches, papers, articles, and books put out by radical leftists, says that when he left, when the left says they're going to unbrainwash you, that what they're really saying is they want to brainwash you into their way of thinking. This is a document that the communists would be proud of. It's couched on the same sort of manner that I read in the communist press. They use certain weasel words that you can figure out what it means. It is very, very scary stuff. Preparing for a Maoist cultural revolution? Yet this document will undoubtedly find a receptive ear in the Biden camp, which has already been infiltrated by Chinese supporting communist sympathizers. One such person is Anita Dunn, who Biden hired last summer to be the chief strategy advisor. Dunn was caught on audio saying her favorite political philosopher is Chairman Mao Tse-sung, the godfather of Chinese communism, who was responsible for launching the Chinese Cultural Revolution that brutally forced the Chinese people to submit to his strict anti-freedom, anti-God, anti-religion policies that erased Christianity from public life and enthroned the state as one of the only and acceptable God in that country, which is basically what I was just talking about. While they don't call themselves communists, radicalized Democrats plan to launch a similar cultural revolution in America if Biden gets in power, said Loudon, London. Now, here's the thing. It's already going on. It's been going on for years. One of the big branches of this whole thing is the radical LGBT agenda, right? They did it cleverly, by the way, because 40 years ago, you could say homosexuals were deviant people. And everybody would have agreed with you. You could have pointed to, to out, you know, to bathhouse sex as abnormal, unnatural, deviant, criminal. Sodomy was also criminal in the law. And today it's not. And if you actually go back and say what I just said, that, you know, today you're, you, you just committed a hate crime or hate speech and you should be, you should have your job taken from you. You should be fired. You should, I, I've even had people not advertise on Bible News Radio in the past because I hold a biblical worldview on the issue of homosexuality. I, I've been told you're do, you're so divisive and you're this and you're that because you you know, you you don't believe two men who love each other should be able to get married. Well, here's what I believe: I believe that what they call love is not love; it's lust. It's it's not love. Real love is described in First Corinthians thirteen. And it has nothing to do with fleshly indulgence, which is all homosexual behavior is. is. It's a, homosexuality is a mental distortion. And I'm not saying disorder. I'm saying distortion. Because people believe that it's proper to have sexual relations with the same gender people of the same gender. It's not. It's unnatural behavior. 
Bible clearly states that in Romans chapter 1. It also talks about it in many other books of the Bible in the, in the Old and New Testament, you know. And so the culture was brainwashed really easy with LGBT agenda. So easy through the media, you know. And I, I did a whole series on this. I could probably do even another new series on it with, with new stuff because because there are people out there that actually believe that we should give special rights to transgender individuals instead of getting them the help that they need. When you ban help for a group of people, you're not helping them. That's not loving at all. It's actually very hateful. You know, if, if somebody is confused about what gender they are, it, it is sad because they've been hurt some way and they're hurting individuals. And in fact, the suicide rate among the transgender community is, it's off the charts, super high. And that's even after they have the surgery, because you know what, you can change the body all you want, but you can't change the soul and you can't change your mind. Only God can do that, right? I mean, God gives us free will, but he tells us how to renew our mind. And believe me, this kid here, I know what that's like, because I was subjugated to a lot of stuff that if God had not come into my life, I, w I could have fallen very easily into that camp. Very easy. So the hook is real. The satanic dis delusion is extremely real because it's a satanic attack on God's image in every human being who struggles with that issue. Because God made them male and female. He created them both. He didn't make them LGBTQ, ABDC, whatever. He didn't do any of that. That is the deception straight from the pit of hell. And if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm sorry, but it's true. You, biologically, are a combination of a male sperm and a female egg, period. Every single cell of you is male and female combined, period. And you have God's image stamped on you. We are the only creation that God made in his image, which is why the devil has done everything in his power to destroy you and anybody made in God's image. And the satanic deception is this, that we can be like gods. Yeah, we can. You know, and the crazy people out there, and I do mean that, demonically inspired crazy nutcases out there are actually trying to intermingle technology with humanity so that they can have eternal life. They honestly actually believe they can replace their brain and, and, and all this stuff. But see, what they miss is they can't do anything with your soul. We are triune people, mind, body, and spirit. We, we have a spirit that they can't touch, but God can. You know, um, we can leave somebody on a ventilator and make them their heartbeat and stuff, keep their body alive, but you cannot keep their spirit alive. God controls that, you know, and so... <laughs> The deception's already been here for a long time, and it's been so easy and interesting and sad and pathetic to watch the Church of Jesus Christ, so-called, allow it to come into the church, take over the church, divide the church. Why? I'll tell you why. Because they don't read God's Word. Because they put it over there on the shelf and they ignore everything inside of it because, well, they don't want to be seen as intolerant, hateful, homophobic bigots. Really? Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather be seen 
as a follower of Jesus Christ who actually follows Jesus Christ, one of the most loving, if not the most loving person on the planet. You know, Jesus had the harshest words for the religious people. You know that? Sinners, he said, hey, you did this, this, and this, go and sin no more. What? They haven't picked up a stone to stone you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Repent. Follow me. Go and sin no more. You know? You believe that? You're a hater? Really? Okay. Call me a hater all you want. They called him a hater too and they killed him. Or they thought they did. He actually laid down his life on the cross willingly for your sin and mine. And he took the harassment, the beating, the shame, the spitting, the piercing. He took all of that to save us from eternity separated from him. Because there is a real hell that our people are going to. And there's a real kingdom of heaven that people are going to. And that's what this life is about. And that's what this worldview argument is about. That's what this whole show is about. It's about pointing it out. And then telling you to gird up and be bold in your faith and build your confidence. Because if you don't know what you believe, you don't know the gold that you have in the word of God, then how are you going to live a life that's godly in a Babylonian society that we currently live in today? You know, th this to many people what I'm talking about is like, oh, whatever. It's just the Democrats doing blah, blah, blah. You know what? Take that out of there. These are enemies of God, period. So you're either on God's side or you're on the enemies of God's side. There's no other way. There's no other side, right? All Democrats are not bad people. They're, some are very well-meaning, just like all Christian right people aren't great. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's some that, you know, I wouldn't want to be friends with. It's like, hey, you can go over there. Thank you. But the point is, is that the one allegiant worldview is to the devil. The other one is the Christ. And if you're going to claim to be a follower of Christ, you better know what Jesus stood for and who he was. And this Democrat document is not what Jesus stands for. Just so you know. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, let's see here. I'm going to scroll down here a little bit. It says here, listen to this, okay? The document calls on Biden to make the following changes. Eliminating government support for all crisis pregnancy centers and all abstinence-only education programs in schools. Really? So my question is, what's wrong with abstinence-only programs? Why do they want to eliminate it? I'll tell you why. Because, the, the, because they don't want to believe that People of faith, see what this, what this is doing. Okay. People of faith support crisis pregnancy centers. So in other words, in fact, in case you didn't know this, there are more crisis pregnancy centers in America than there are Planned Parenthood. Why? Why is that? Oh, it's because those pesky Christian people actually fund them and help these women who are in crisis at the moment. And they teach them how to become parents. They give them diapers and, and baby milk and, 
you know, and all the other stuff that they need, parenting classes, in order to help them through that rough time. It's a church-funded thing in most cases. Abstinence only. Actually, if you actually practice abstinence, guess what? You're not going to get pregnant. You're not going to need a crisis pregnancy center because you will have waited until marriage. There's no money in it. To have sex, just so you know. By the way, I'm one of those weirdos that actually waited until I was married. And so is Randall. And it's worked out pretty well for me so far. I don't have an STD, but I can tell you something. When I was a marriage counselor, almost every one of my clients did. Deny free speech and religious liberty to select Americans based on their religious beliefs. Okay? Incentivize states to strip parents of all non-medical exemptions to mandatory vaccinations for children in schools or daycare centers. Nice. Remove in God we trust from the U.S. currency. How would you like that, huh? Repeal the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. We could do a whole show on that, but we'll refrain for now. Rescind and replace the Trump's DOJ's federal protections for religious liberty. Because why? 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 Why would they want to do that? Because they don't want Christians to have liberty. Appoint an attorney general who will support governors whose emergency COVID-19 executive orders restrict gatherings at houses of worship. And by the way, let me just say this too while I'm on a mini rant here. Do you think that it was an accident that the churches were shut down and the churches have been depersonalized these last 10 months? No, it was not an accident. God for years has been separating the sheep and the goats. The wheat and the tares, you know, he, he has been separating the people. There are people who are, what do you say? Um, they're not shepherds. They're wolves. They're hirelings. They're men and some unfortunate women who get behind pulpits and they fleece the sheep. They're hirelings. They'll say whatever that they will say in order to get money in their pocket. They're not shepherds. They don't care about the people. They don't care about their families. They don't care about their health. They don't care about their spiritual health. They don't care about anything. And I can tell you something. I've sat under some hirelings in my Christian walk. It, it, threw, it, it made me leave the church for a while. The the state-run, you know, communist, Nazi-type church that I'm talking about. I tell you what, if you sit under a shepherd and you are in a shepherding group where somebody is really actually shepherding you and loving you, like you should be, that will do world, that will do a wonder for your life and your heart and your walk with God. Because God is the good shepherd, by the way. Read John, you'll understand that. So they want to reverse the Trump administration policies that have allowed faith-based government-funded contractors to provide adoption of foster care services and work with Congress to pass the Every Child Deserves a Family Act. Fully and robustly fund comprehensive sex education, which to the leftist means encouraging elementary and middle school-aged children to declare themselves one of a dozen made-up non-biological gender identities and learn how to engage in various deviant forms of sex. And by the way, they are actually promoting now Anal sex to kindergartners, okay? Which should infuriate any normal person. 
They want to work with governors to educate and combat Project Blitz and encourage the introduction of the Do No Harm Act at the state level. Pro Project Blitz is a pro-family lobbying group described by the secular Democrats as a coordinated effort by Christian nationalists to inject religion into public education, attack reproductive health care, and undermine LGBTQ equality using a distorted definition of religious freedom. The document tells Biden, quote, we urge you to avoid invoking the phrase Judeo-Christian values as it's been weaponized by the religious right to advance an agenda that has the veneer of inclusivity but actually undermines religious freedom and tolerance and does not represent tens of millions of Americans implicitly excluded from its formulation. And then it goes on to give you a list of the people that are endorsing this and all that. And by the way, there's a lot more, and I, I want to encourage you to read the whole document. Again, if you go over to Secular Dems, D-E-M is a mom, S.org, SecularDems.org, you can find this paper. You can read it yourself. Okay? It's, this is not a conspiracy theorist. This is what these people want to do. And... The only Christians that I know that would be upset by me even talking about it are people are Christians who don't read the Word of God, who are unbiblical, who are illiterate biblically, and who don't, frankly, you know, who really aren't Christians, honestly, if you think about it. You know, so I will end the show by saying this. If I did not care, I would not talk about this. If I didn't care about you... I wouldn't tell you the truth. <laughs> and here is the truth. You need to get right with Christ. Period. More than anything now in the history of the world, your relationship with Jesus Christ needs to be center to your life. You need to know who he is. You need to make a choice. You need to figure out if you're going to serve him or you're going to serve yourself, bottom line. If you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you better learn to follow him, Christ. Follow him and get to know him because we're getting close to the coming of the rapture of the church. And if this goes down, like I think it will, and Biden and Harris get in office, despite the evidence that there's been a lot of fraud, then... This country, America, will never be the same again. And I am not an alarmist, but I am a watch person. And I've been watching this go on for 30 years. And um, the, the real threat is real. And for the Christian, you who say you're a Christian, if you're not spending time in God's word, you need to get yourself in God's word. Just saying. And, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say this here. I'm going to say, I shared this in my Daily Disciples group. And and it, it's vulnerable for me to share this because cause God corrected me. And, you know, who likes to be corrected? Nobody likes to be corrected. Just saying. <laughs> but if God can correct me and show me where I've been going wrong, then maybe he can use me as an example to help you go right. And that's this. Look. The only way you're going to stand in a culture like this that, that is really gearing towards becoming a country that persecutes Christians who hold biblical values 
is if the Christian actually holds a biblical value. And if and the Christian decides to actually follow Christ. Today's Christianity that's sold to us through Christian media is nothing more but a band-aid where you get some person's human thoughts and they might throw a scripture in there and make it quote apply to whatever it is that they wrote that might probably be a completely unbiblical in the first place. You know, biblical illiteracy as is is at a massive all-time high and the irony of it, of all of that is that there's never been more a greater time in history where we've had more access to God's word than now. And yet how many how much time do you read the Bible every day? And this is where God corrected me. My friend Pam Gillespie, she's been on this show a couple times. And she's getting ready to launch a new Ignite thing. Um, I'm hoping she comes back on to talk about it. But she, she launched this thing in September. Basically what it is, is, is meeting with other people for Bible reading accountability. This is not a Bible study. Totally different. But Bible reading accountability. I've talked to most, many of my Christian friends over the last four months. And so few of them read the Bible. It, it is, it's stunning to me. But you know what? I didn't read the Bible either until I got into this thing. I thought I did because version has made it real popular to have little, you know, verse of the day. So we can just go put the verse of the day up on a graphic, smack it up on Facebook or Twitter and go, hey, I've read my verse of the day. I had my quiet time that so-and-so wrote this little devotion. It took me two minutes to read. And then I'm filled with God, and, you know, and I go on my life. That's not making yourself a disciple. And that's why I don't interview a lot of Christian authors anymore, honestly, because most of what's put out there is Christian isn't. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's just not. God, you know, I, I, so I started doing this Bible reading accountability, and I didn't know what to expect, but I'm going to tell you what happened was I started getting up, getting on Zoom with Pam and some other people, and people I didn't know from all over the country, actually one in Canada too. And there's about 12 of us, ironically. And every day we would sit and we would talk. Pam would say, where are you going to read right now? Then we'd go, okay, well, I'm going to read wherever in the Bible. And then for about a half hour, we would shut our cameras off and then go read. If we're honest, we would go read. Uh, for the next half hour about where we were reading. And, and then afterwards, come back and just kind of share. Well, what did you get? Do you have any questions? Whatever. And then we would pray and we closed. But you do that one time, no big deal, right? But you do it day after day after day after day. And as one of my friends in this group said, it has a compounding effect. Because you're doing it every day. Every day. And then you're in fellowship every day, just like in the book of Acts. Every day you're meeting with believers. Nobody's doing therapy with nobody, you know. It's, it's just God's word. 
And I'll tell you what, my life has changed because I I saw, God began to show me that I I had left my first love. Because I'll tell you what, when I was a young believer, just born again at like about 14 years old, I got radically saved. I got up early, like at five o'clock in the morning. I would read my Bible for an hour before I got up and go to school. I would write out scriptures. I would memorize these Bible verses every single day. I would share them with my friends. I would talk about Jesus everywhere I went. It drove people crazy. (laughs) I mean, you think I'm crazy now? I was really crazy as a young believer, but I was in God's word and God was changing me, you know? And so, so I just want to throw this out to you. If, if this is something that you struggle with, you really, you know, and you don't read the Bible because you're like, I don't get it. Hey, I don't get it. I actually joined a Bible study. Um, my book is downstairs, but Pam has this judge. She decided she was going to write this book on judges, a Bible study on judges. And her Bible studies are actual Bible studies. It's none of this fluffy baloney that you get with so-called other Bible studies. It's literally looking at the text. She asks you all these questions that go back to the text. That's all it is. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to read this book. And I'm, I'm feeling completely overwhelmed because Old Testament is tough for me in many ways because there's a lot of weird names and all this stuff. And I'm like, <sighs> and I started this study thinking, oh, okay, I could do this. You know? <laughs> but I tell you what, you guys, I'm just being honest. As the host of Bible News Radio, I'm, I'm trying to study the book of Judges. I'm crying. I mean, I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm, I'm crying as I'm trying to read this stuff. I got so frustrated at one point. I started crying. And I was like, ugh, I don't get this stuff. I really, I just don't get it. But you know what it taught me was that that's why we need a teacher sometimes, right? And, and most of you are not in a Bible study. Most of you may think you're in a Bible study or you watch somebody who purportedly is doing a Bible study, but I guarantee you it's not really a Bible study. Because the Bible study involves the actual Bible that you actually have to open and read, <laughs> right? And, and, and I have to tell you something. What's been really fun for me to watch is even in this group, you know, there's one woman who came into this group not really feeling secure, knowing much about God's word. And now they want to get baptized after a few months hanging out with people who are like in God's word, trying to live like God trying to be like Jesus, trying to walk like him, trying to apply what we're reading, you know, like be slow to speak, quick, you know, be slow to anger, quick to hear, slow to speak. Talk show host should have that like right there, you know. Um, so um, here's, here's the other thing I learned through this. And I know I've gone over my time barefaced, but the other thing I learned was that where I feel insecure, God daily started meeting me in my insecurity and and showing me that he loves me even more. Um, when I had a need, I had people praying for me, right? I mean, that morning I had, a, I had an email. There, there was one morning I had somebody sent me a nasty email on my email list you know, attacking me because I became a, a nonprofit organization. I was so upset and hurt and crying because I was so hurt. 
Because if anybody knows me, I'm so not about the money, you know. Um, and I was just so <laughs> sad that day. And I was able to share with these people and they prayed for me. And that burden was lifted because Galatians talks about how we should bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. And yet at the same time, if you're not around other people who are in the word and doing what God says, how can that happen? No wonder you feel like you're overwhelmed because you're not in community, you know? And so it's just been a real gift to me to go through this rebirth, really, in a sense, where it's like, okay, yeah, this is what I signed up for. Actual Christians who actually pay attention to the word of God, who actually are trying to walk it out. Is Are we perfect? No. Can people hurt feelings? Yes, of course. But a healthy person will go to that person and say, you know, can I talk to you? You know, this kind of hurt my feelings or I'm feeling awkward or whatever, you know, and deal with it as opposed to, you know, revenge, venge or attack or something. You know, think the best of somebody. I've been, in, I've been around enough people in the church who've been fakers to know when somebody's a faker. And I don't want to be a faker. I never have been. Uh, if anything, I've been too real, I think, on this, this show. But it's because I really care and I want you guys to have a better life. You know? You know, my biggest passion in life has always been the Lord. Since the day he rescued me and saved me. Because I know what he saved me from. And you know what? My life has not been easy, but I know some of you out there probably have had a lot worse than me. You know, not that we should compare. God works out our salvation however he does, you know. But he wants you to have... Um, well, he wants you to, he wants you to know he loves you, you know, he gave you everything you need in his word and most people aren't reading it. So am I saying to worship the Bible? No, <laughs> but I guarantee you, if you read the Bible, the one that wrote it, you'll worship a lot more. And your life will be better off for it. But here's the thing. There is a price to pay when that happens. Because the world that we live in is getting darker and darker and, and hating followers of Christ a lot more. And if America goes the way that it looks like it might go, then you're going to have a great opportunity to decide if you're going to live for him or die for him literally. And I mean that literally. Because... Every other country almost in the world persecutes Christians already to the point of death. What makes us think America can't go that route? Just saying. If you think that America will never get to the point where Christians are being killed on a normal basis, think again. Because history will repeat itself and no one is immune. And yes, I do believe in the rapture, but you know what? Just because I believe in the rapture doesn't mean I can't be martyred for my faith here at some point. And am I being an extremist? Am I trying to be a fear monger? No. 
But what I can tell you is all you got to do is open your eyes and look. And the signs are all here. So it's time to get serious. It's time to get very serious and decide who you're going to serve. If the Lord is God, you serve him. If you don't want to follow him, then you serve Baal. And then reap the eternity that you chose, which God didn't desire for you to choose. Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. It goes on to say that God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. So my desire is that you would come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That you would lay aside whatever thought or idea you have of who he is based on the Christians or religious people that you know. And that you would open up a Bible and you would read about who he is directly from who he said he is. Just open the book and read it. And I guarantee you'll be amazed at what you read. So think about that tomorrow night. I have a guest coming on the show. We'll talk to her later about, you know, you'll hear about it tomorrow. Um, but for now, um, please consider wisely if you're going to live according to the Lord's rules or your own. And if you're a Christian and you're struggling, it's okay. God loves you. All you got to do is just confess your sins and God will forgive you. And you know what? He'll revive in you what needs to be done. Father, I just ask that you would draw your people to yourself and that you would call somebody who doesn't know you to himself. We ask that you would use this show for your glory ultimately in Jesus' name. Amen. Be bold, stand up, and go with God. Because he loves you.